Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Real Talk, a movie podcast. We are your go-to source for ratings and recommendations of past and present films. I am your host, Wes Jones, podcasting from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Hey, this is Tommy, podcasting straight from Nashville, Tennessee. The movie buddy Conway, podcasting from Bowling Green, Kentucky. What's up, Real Talk community? I've got to hand it to our audience. If you saw the show notes, you've noticed that we'll be talking about the new Mortal Kombat film, the Saw spinoff film Spiral tonight, and I certainly wouldn't have blamed you if you would have just kept scrolling through your podcast library, found something else to listen to, but you're here, and we thank you for downloading today's episode. On the other hand, if you just saw the reviewing the new title and are finding out just now what we're covering, I'm sorry, don't leave. We're going to make this material as interesting as we can. We've got some great guests. Plus, I think we might be funny at some point, too. So please settle in. Enjoy the show. Again, our reviewing the new episodes are designed to give you spoiler-free reviews and analysis of recently released movies to help you decide whether you should go see it in theaters, stream it, or just completely avoid. Tonight, we're covering the Saw spinoff film Spiral that opened in theaters this past weekend. We'll also be covering the 2021 version of Mortal Kombat that was released a couple of weeks back in theaters and on HBO Max. Plus, I have a feeling the movie buddy will try to force a quick review of the new Alex Ajaw Netflix film Oxygen down our throats. So plenty of new material. And speaking of the movie buddy, Gabe, hop in here. You and T-Man and I started this podcast over a year ago. This past Saturday represented the first opportunity for all three of us to go see a movie in theaters together since the pandemic. T-Man drove up from Nashville, but you were MIA. What do you have to say for yourself? Well, I've got to say, Wes, I try to be a lover of all types of film, but there's one type of film I don't like. And and I've given it, you know, I don't like it when people don't like something and they don't try it out. But I've tried it out, and I just don't like it. Like, my friend Wes made me go see Hostel in the theater. I've seen Saw in the theater with Zach on countless occasions. Our friend that is basically a Saw expert. And I I just can't. So I found out, I found instead of picking one excuse, I picked six. I, I said I was going to a baseball game. I had family over. I had kids over. I just ma- started making up excuses all day because, I, you know, the level of me wanting to go see the new Saw was about a 10%. <laughs> T-Man, hop in here. It's It sounds to me like Gabe just flat out ditched us, didn't want to go see the movie with us, didn't want to hang out with us, even when we went to go see the fights at B-Dubs after. He just wanted nothing to do with us this night. Yeah, it, it was honestly a disgraceful um, event that Gabe did. I mean, I'm still, I'm still not over it. You know, we bought him a movie ticket. I bought him popcorn, M&M's, Coke. Had an empty seat, and Gabe was a no-show, and I don't understand what happened. And like he said, he came up with 18 different excuses, and I even said, I was like, I don't believe any of those excuses. Gabe, what do you have to say for yourself, man? It's not you. It, it's the it's the Saw franchise. You know, this is a new spin on the it's not you, it's me. It's not you, it's the Saw franchise that and, I just and, couldn't. And support. you know what, Gabe? Whatever anybody's ever says that, trust me, it's you. 
So you're saying it's no, us, trust me, basically. it's the Saw franchise that, that did it. In. Well, I, honestly, that is a fair that is a fair argument to make there. <laughs> We're just gonna just get right into things tonight, and we'll move into our very first review. And I'm gonna set the stage for the audience a little bit. Our first guest tonight, yes, we have multiple guests. Our first guest tonight is Zach Simpson, a self-proclaimed Saw expert and enthusiast. Plus, he's one of our very best friends, so we can uh, rag him just a little bit while he's on the show. But back in 2004, Zach, T-Man, and I, we went to go see an interesting-looking horror film called Saw in theaters together. We had a great time, mainly T-Man and I poking fun at the movie, cracking up at Carrie Ull's acting at the end. But all three of us honestly really enjoyed it, especially Zach. And they just kept releasing these movies every year around Halloween every year and we just kept going and gabe started joining us as well and it just kind of became a tradition of all of ours so uh again gabe broke tradition there but anyway let's bring zach in here zach welcome to real talk how's it going tonight man it's, it's going well i'm i'm super super excited to uh to be on my first episode of real talk um you know i'm Super, and like Wes said, you know, real, best friends with these guys, really proud of what they're doing. And I love that, you know, he said that, you know, I'm a self-proclaimed saw expert. And I'm trying to sit there and think, you know, what what makes a, self, a saw expert? Like, how do, how do you get the, 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 the saw expert title? Um, I don't know if it's being able to explain the chronology of it all, which is very, very hard to do. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to talk about the franchise tonight and, you know, one of the most profitable horror franchises. And it's, and it's I do enjoy it. Um, I enjoy the, the plot lines of them. And but, yeah, Wes, you hit it right on the head when we talk about, you know, what our tradition is with this. And, you know, all jokes aside, we've had a great time, you know, spending time with each other in the theaters watching this franchise. So, yeah, I'm excited to review it. Well, I wanted to start out tonight with just a couple of, of questions. But first, in your own words. What, what do you remember most about going to see the Saw movies in theaters with T-Man and I and sometimes Gabe all those years? <laughs> well, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I laugh because the, the first things that come to mind are things that are funny. You know, we have this ongoing joke where, you know, we, we would go watch it for pure entertainment. Now, we all went and watched the first one. You know, we were zoned in at the theater. We were watching exactly, you know, what was happening, trying to pay attention to what was happening. But as the the sequels went on and on. They became more and more funny, not necessarily to me, but to you guys. And, you know, there were, and there were some, there were some funny parts in it. Don't get me wrong, but like, I'm sitting here locked in, I'm zoned in and, you know, and you guys, you guys are like laughing at parts. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought that was pretty good. And, you know, so that, that's something what I remember. Um, you hit it on the head when you said act, the acting was so bad because even me, you know, somebody who actually enjoys the franchise, can still laugh at how bad the acting is um, sometimes. So, and I, I just really enjoyed the, you know, the the talks afterwards and, and just being in the theater with you guys. But yeah, hey, that, Zach. that's what I remember the most. Hey, Zach, what about that story? What about that time where that guy came and sat right next to you? Oh, man. You know, that was that was actually during Hostel, I think, Wes. Oh, not. it was. It was during it was during Hostel, too. But go ahead and tell the story. Still. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Tell the story. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's a very it interesting it story. It, it was a horror movie. I mean, it was along the same premise lines um, as far as what they what they did. But anyway, so Wes and I had actually went in to see. Well, I think we actually saw Hostel in the theater as well, and I'm not sure if Team was with us or Gabe was with us or not. But we actually went and saw Hostel too, and it was just me and Wes. And you know the the greatness of this movie 
we thought there would be a full theater. I mean, it's just the way it was. We thought we were going in, you know, Hostel 2, packed theater. No, it was just me and Wes. It was just me and Wes were the only ones in the theater. So we actually went up and sat at the very top, got comfortable, got our seats, you know, had a seat in between us. And then about, uh, as, as we're watching a movie, about uh, about 10 minutes into the movie, this this random guy just, just walks into theater. And this is probably about a, what do you think, Wes, a, a 65, 70-seat theater. Not, not many seats there, but it, it's a pretty good-sized theater. And, and of, all the, of all the seats that this guy could have sat in, he walks, and we were in the very back, the very back row. He walks right up and sits in the seat right next to me. <laughs> and, I, and I look at Wes, uh, and I'm like, and I'm, I think I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'm, I, I'm obviously not talking to him, but I'm looking at Wes, I'm like, what the heck is going on? This guy just sat right next to me. There's like 70 open seats, me and your alone in the theater, and he sits right next to me. And This is, at, Zach, you've got to stop. This is disgusting me. This is like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys agree. Story. Like, no, this I, is grosser than, like, if somebody were to come pee in the urinal next to me, I feel like this is more intrusive than somebody peeing in the urinal next to me when there's a roll of urinals completely empty. Like, because I mean, <laughs> you're sharing a movie with this person. You're right. Yeah. Man, I feel it, like they're cold. You know, you don't, if you're a guy, you yeah. don't go up and get next to the urinal, right? You don't come up, at least leave, leave a seat between us. I mean, if there's nobody else in the theater, don't even come up and sit next to me. And I'll be honest with you guys, we watched the movie for probably the next 15 minutes i was still getting so creeped out that i probably had to go to the bathroom four or five times just to get away from that situation and the funny part about it is is i when i went to the restroom the whole time in the back of my mind i'm like i just left wes alone in that theater with that guy (laughs) (laughs) I i was like uh well, I probably so. I think there were a couple times where I left. And I was like, I, I got to get back in there. I can't leave my buddy back there with that guy. So I go up and I sit and I actually move. I don't sit in the same seat. So I come back from the bathroom and I switch seats, which now leaves me and Wes sitting right next to each other because there was a seat between us. And we probably watched the film for another 20, 30 minutes. And about halfway through the film, he just gets up and walks right back out. <laughs> Never even watched the end of the film. <laughs> that's a great story. That that tells you. I just wanted you to tell that story because I feel like that's the type of fans you get with this genre. So, <laughs> yeah. I just want to throw that out there. Well, uh, well, yeah. You know, and what's so what's so crazy is that that guy never acknowledged Zach or I no. the whole time. It's like we weren't even there. It's like he didn't even see us. And if it would have been you know, jingle all the way or something like that. It would be a little yeah. bit different. I don't know why that movie came to mind. I don't know why it was West, hostile too. That would be creepier if it was jingle all the way. I don't know. That's just creepy all around. Maybe <laughs> he was going to do a saw trap on you guys and you guys passed the test while you were in there. Like you, yeah, I think there's did. a good chance that guy was a serial killer and he well, was still about you guys is, out. Is that, and then you know, he decided at, not to go with it. Sorry, T-Man. But you look at, you know, this was this was not, I mean, this was obviously it wasn't Saw. This was Hostile. And the two are quite different. I know that we consider them in the same genre. But, you know, in Hostile, it's it's pretty, I don't know if you really have a way out. You know, in Saw, some of the Saw traps, there's a way out. And I don't know if, I don't know if what he what that was, was planning on happening there. So, who knows? Guys, if you like this podcast, you're going to want to go ahead and tune on over into Zach's Saw Chronology podcast and Zach's comparison of Saw and Hostel podcast. Those are a little less popular, but if you're really into these movies, you're going to want to pop over there. 
Well, audience, what I was going to say is I want you to take the Hostel 2 theater challenge the next time you go to the theater <laughs> and it's and it's empty. Go and sit right next to somebody. Don't speak to them. Don't say a word. and Just see what happens and report back. <laughs> so, Zach, the, the other question I have before we get into spiral is just um, I, I honestly, you know, we we have a podcast friend. I know he's a big fan of the Saw movies. But I don't know a ton of people that are like really into this series. And that's not saying anything bad about you or anything. It's just like you are the uh, of all the, the people that I know that I talk movies with. You are definitely the one who enjoys the series the most, knows the most about it. And I'm just curious, what about the films are so appealing to you? Because, I mean, they, they are grotesque. They're foul. Lots of torture. Defend the series. Why do you love it so much? Well, uh, you know, and that, that's that's a great question. And to be honest, you know, when I when I go and watch these films, it's understanding the chronology behind it. It's a little challenging. Um, you know, I, I I love I love the fact. I I think the plot, the, this this movies, the Saw movies are at it, its highest entertainment for me when the plot is good. And that's why you know when we talk about Spiral, that's why I really really enjoyed Spiral as well. But there's there's and there's in the in the soft franchise there's probably three or four movies that I just did not like and you know I understood the chronology behind them I understood where they lined up in the series um, but you know you take for example Jigsaw you know I think we all can agree that Jigsaw was just not good I mean it was one of the worst movies I've seen in theaters um, but I understood the chronology behind it and how it related to the other ones so. I appreciated what they were trying to do. I just didn't enjoy the movie. Um, so, you know, the first one, I thought the plot was great. Um, I thought, you know, what they did, you know, with Lee Wannell, obviously, um, I, I think producing it and, and then acted in it as well. And then they started to kind of get some bigger cast members in it, um, I guess, if you will. But there's probably three or four I, I didn't really enjoy. So mine's just the plot. I, I enjoy the plot and the premise. Of it all, you know, you got you got a guy who um, had just found a partner, and I don't want to explain the whole thing, but you got a guy who just found a partner, his lawyer, you know, and they were, um, you know, going into engineering, going in together to this Gideon meat packing plant, and you know, Jigsaw kind of had it all going for him, um, you know, John John Kramer, sorry, John Kramer had it all going for him until you know he ended up losing his baby, um, and then after, you know shortly after that, getting diagnosed with inoperable cancer, and then trying to take his own life. And, you know, after he tried to take his own life and failed, you know, he had had a new appreciation for life. And, you know, and then at that point, it kind of all started in from there. But I've just always enjoyed the plot of it. I thought it was a good premise. I thought, you know, they did well. Um, you know, there were some movies that I, I look at it and say, OK, did that even need to be made? But at the same time, I get it. They were, they were so profitable off of it. They made so much money off of it. You know, I think. Nine hundred million dollars is where they're at. Where they're at before spirals. So they were so profitable. Why not keep putting them out? Budgets were so low. Let's just keep putting stuff out. And but there was some of it that was a little over the top, you know. And there's there's a lot of arguments for that. But like I said, I've just always enjoyed what the premise and the plot was. No, I mean I I think that that's a good point. And what's so funny is you're going through all those plot elements just now, and I've seen all but I think two of the, the two of the Saw films in theaters with you, and I didn't know any of that. So I mean you. Didn't. <laughs> So, but yeah, I've, I've enjoyed those. I, I, I like the challenge of trying to see how they all fit together. Um, like, a, 
you know, <laughs> like a jigsaw puzzle, if you will. Oh, oh there well, we I go. see what you did there, Zach. But I got to I got to <laughs> I got to agree with Wes. I zoned out during his like uh, plot explanation and started thinking about chicken hats about halfway through. So I, I don't know what happened. Well, I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty big talk that he said that, you know, Jigsaw is one of the worst movies he's ever seen in theaters because I know with Zach alone, we've seen Pompeii, we've seen <laughs> Anacondas, Snakes Anacondas on a Plane. Anacondas is good. <laughs> Don't you dare. Anyway, we've seen a lot of crap in, in the theater together over the years. But, we have uh, seen a lot of bad movies in theaters, I will tell you that. Let's move on into Spiral. You got a lot. How many problems you got? A lot. How many people have doubted? A lot. All available right, units. Right, officer right. down. Pray that you flop. Detective Banks and route. Whoever did this has another motive. They're targeting cops. This shit's gonna go sideways fast. Someone's out there pulling all the strings. You wanna play games, motherfucker? And Spiral is a 2021 torture porn, uh, I mean, horror film. As stated, it's supposed to be a spinoff of the Saw franchise, but in my opinion, honestly, it winds up kind of more of as a, as a direct sequel. It was directed by Saw series alum Darren Lynn Bowsman. It stars Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. And the story was conceived by Chris Rock. Studio loved it so much. Greenlit it, gave them a $20 million budget. After T-Man and Zach and I saw Spiral in theaters, immediately after, literally five minutes after the credits rolled, we recorded some initial thoughts on the movie, and I'm going to play those now. Hey, Real Talk community. T-Man and I are here at the, the Bowling Green Great Escape 12 Theater. We just got done watching the new Saw spinoff film, Spiral. We're just excited to be out and finally getting to see a movie in theaters again. Here in Bowling Green, the theaters have been closed for about the last eight or nine months. And we are here with one of our really good friends, Zach Simpson. Zach is probably the biggest Saul fan I know. So what T-Man and I have done with Zach since Saul came out back in, I believe, like 2003, 2004, we've seen, I think, at least six or seven of these movies in theaters. And so what we wanted to do, we're standing right outside the theater. We saw it about five minutes ago. It just ended. And we're just going to record some initial thoughts. So I want to bring Zach in here, Zach Simpson, one of our good friends again, and just ask him, Zach, what did you think? What are some initial thoughts on Spiral? Well, I mean, you know, when I when I watch these movies, you know, obviously the goal is to be highly entertained, and I, I thought this one kind of really achieved that goal. Um, I, you know, I was entertained from start to finish. Um, you know, there were some things that I liked, some things I didn't like, but that's been the way with every Saw movie. Um, you know, I felt 30, 45 minutes in, you could almost tell. You know, we kind of looked at each other and kind of talked about who we thought was behind this all. But one thing that I, I don't usually do a good job of when I watch these movies is I usually don't get, get the subtle hints 
like right then. That's one thing I've always enjoyed about the Saw movies is at the end when they obviously we know who's obviously Jigsaw's behind it all, but there's some apprentices and proteges. But you know they always a lot go, of those. There's a lot, yeah. But they always <laughs> go back and like they 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 always go back and remind you, hey, you know, with with this one with the tattoo of Charlie, with all the different things that you should have caught in real time, but you didn't catch it till the end. And that's something I've always done. And you know, and I've, I've never I haven't done that in any of the movies. And you know, I like this one. Most of the most of the Saw movies usually follow five or six people who are in a game together, where and they're trying to you know we're all trying to figure out as to why well what is it that's why they all together, but there's been some Saw movies that follow one person and they each get put through different tests. You know the fourth one was like that with Officer Rig, the sixth one was like that with uh, William Easton I think was his name, and then the seventh one like that with the the guy who was impersonating a jigsaw. Uh, but so I really enjoyed this, and I, I usually do do enjoy movies, the Saw movies. I actually do that, but I, I thought Chris Rock, I thought he did a great job with this one. Um, there were some moments in there I was like, oh man, that was a little corny here and there. But <laughs> at the same time, I I, I I was highly entertained with it, and you know it was it was it was enjoyable. So. so for for somebody that's listening at home right now, and they're debating getting out, going to the theater, they they've liked Saw in the past. They probably did not like Jigsaw. They may have not liked the one before that one. <laughs> yeah. What would you tell them? Would you say, hey, get out, get to the theater and see yeah. it? Or what? What's yeah. the verdict there? Well, that's one thing that, you know, me and T-Man and we all agree on that Jigsaw was just not not good. I mean, I, I didn't really enjoy it. I didn't enjoy the plot. But this one, this one you get more of a soft feel from, you know, from the very beginning to the end. And they, they, don't, they don't just, they don't bombard it with everything Saw. It's, it's more of like... It's, you're not really watching a horror movie. You're watching, like, suspense, and I don't even know the genre to put it. You guys might know better than this. But it just continues to build off itself. And, you know, it's just it's different than the original Saws, but I think this one takes takes it in the direction it needed to be taken in. So, so fill, fill in the blank. This is the best Saw film since? Um, for me, since the fifth one. Okay. Since Saw 5. I, I, I enjoyed Saw 5. Um, I saw six and six was good, um, but for me the fifth one I really enjoyed the fifth one. Um, I didn't like the fourth one, but obviously my favorite was the first one. Um, but I think it was the best since the fifth one, which I actually truly enjoyed in the theater. So. T man, this is the first time you and I have got to go see a movie in literally forever together because it's just as the pandemic has has happened, it's just shut activities like this down. So. For the first movie we've got to see together, what did you think? What did you think about Spiral? Well, so I had fun with it. So first off, I had really low expectations because I saw Jigsaw, and that is just an abomination <laughs> of a movie. Something we all can it agree is on. truly awful. I, I told these guys that is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in the theater, and honestly, it truly is. And so I think that Saw or Spiral was a lot better. I actually really liked the plot. That's what I really liked about mm-hmm. it. It was a really cool plot, really fun. I really I didn't know where it was going. So I think when Saw is at its best, it's because of the plot it's at its best. I really actually don't watch the Saw movies for the traps. I don't really like those that much, honestly. <laughs> um, so this is why I like Spirals, because I thought it had a really cool plot. I liked how it finished up. There was some goofy stuff in it, but then some really cool stuff too. And also, it just looked like a well-made movie. Jigsaw looked really cheap. Looked almost like a TV made movie, and this one looked like it was well shot, well directed, had some really good shots, and it had a lot of thriller type influences, like Seven, 
seen a lot of seven type influences, and I know I, I was thinking that too. Yeah, I think that I think that's a good. It, thriller was what I was getting. It, it gave you the look and feel of of seven. I, I definitely that, agree I can that. tell that's what they're going for. And I know we'll talk more about this on our regular episode. So those are kind of just my initial thoughts on it. So overall, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, just for for me, I. I enjoyed it. It was uh, it was a it was a fun movie. Um, definitely some some silly things that happen in it, which you can kind of expect from a saw film. But this is the most fun I've had actually watching the movie. T Man and I are usually cracking up and laughing and making jokes and getting on Zach's nerves. We didn't do as much of that this time, I think, because the uh, as T Man said, it actually had a pretty decent plot. I don't know uh, my initial thoughts on it not going to come in super high but i will say if you enjoy the saw series i think this was a pretty good entry for saw fans okay guys t-man zach it's it's been four days since you've seen the movie as the audience just heard everyone's initial reactions were pretty positive but now it's had time to set in a little bit what what do you think give give a spoiler free review of spiral and give us your rating or your recommendation for the film. Yeah, I don't think, honestly, my review has changed a whole lot. I said originally that I thought it was a solid, you know, a solid kind of thriller. It honestly wasn't really even a horror movie to me. It wasn't scary at all. But it was still, you know, it was entertaining. I really liked the plot. I thought it was the best plot of the series. I don't know what the heck Zach was talking about earlier with all that plot stuff. I I don't know if any of that was true. Like uh, (laughs) I could not follow it at all. And I think that that's ultimately where saw broke down as a series for me is that the saw plot line became extremely convoluted and jigsaw had apprentices and those apprentices had apprentices and then he had more apprentices and then his villain like the people like it was just so convoluted and so what i thought they did a really good job of for this one was stripping all that away making john kramer a periphery character where he's just in the world and this was a copycat and that's not giving anything away you saw it in the trailer and then this, they take that plot line and go in a totally new direction, which is what I thought they should do. That's what I said they should have done with Jigsaw. They didn't take my advice, and they produced one of the worst movies I've ever seen in the theater, honestly. And this time they did take my advice, and they produced uh, an entertaining kind of seven-type cop thriller. Still had some uh, Saw-type plot lines with the traps which i that wasn't that was probably my least favorite part of the movie honestly it had some uh, topical type plot lines along police brutality and uh corrupt cops so i thought that was an interesting angle they took but also pretty topical and something that i thought they did a good job with and overall like i said i thought it was a really well-made movie much better than the past several well-directed um and it was just kind of fun to watch, I think, ultimately. It kind of made me feel more like the original Saw, and I really liked the ending. Sam Jackson's in it. I mean, you can't get better than that, so overall, I still enjoy it. So, T-Man, where in kind of a rating spectrum would you come in? I mean, you know, that's hard because it's kind of like you got to grade these type of movies like on a curve. Like, I, I, I could go with a 7 out of 10, but does that 7 out of 10 mean it's the same as like another type of movie that's a 7 out of 10 that's more of a weighty drama? I'm not sure, you know, because I think with these type of schlocky horror films, you got to kind of look, grade them differently. 
it's the same way well like you got to look at blockbusters differently i would say if you were like all right you got to nail it down one out of ten what would you go with probably like a six and a half or a seven out of ten no i think that i think that's a fair rating zach take it away what are your just now that you it's sunk in a little bit tell the audience you know without spoiling everything and just about uh, just about spiral and obviously i believe you're probably going to recommend people go out and see it <laughs> yeah well, you know, automatically my rating, you know, I, I rated it when I first saw when I saw the when I saw the first saw, I, um, you know, I gave that a nine. I said, no, I loved it. I absolutely love saw. Uh, this one was about an eight point five for me. Um, you know, so it's actually I said in the reviews uh, right after, you know, what you just played. I, I said in the reviews it was the best one I had seen since saw five um, because, you know, uh, the six and the seventh and obviously jigsaw. I enjoyed them, but I, I really liked how the fifth one kind of tied in the chronology of it all. Um, with the different detectives and a different, you know, talk, talking about how Hoffman played the whole role. But in, in Spiral, I, you know, I just, the word, the word I wrote to entertaining, it entertained me from start to finish. Um, even from the very beginning, you know, I, I started to see what, you know, when what Chris Rock was trying to do. I started to see, you know, how, what the writers were trying to do. Um, you know, I, I was, I, I went into this movie hoping, believe it or not, from coming from a big Saw fan, hoping I wasn't going to see any connectivity to the, the past eight films, I'm like T-Man. I, I wanted a, a whole new thing. I still wanted, you know, like he said, the trailer with the copycat thing. I still wanted that to happen. I still wanted it to be some saw in it. But I was looking for a completely different spin on the franchise. And it gave me exactly what I was looking for. Matter of fact, I looked at T-Man and you guys and Wes, I looked at you after the movie. I said, that was exactly what I expected. Maybe a little bit better. I thought the acting was better at this time. I thought Chris Rock, um, I thought he nailed it. I thought he nailed his role. I thought Sam Jackson did really, really well. Thought Matt, is it Max Manganella? Max, Max Manganella, is that right? I, I thought he, I thought he, he played it very, very well, and he, and he's kind of a, a big time actor. So they casted it a little better. Um, as far as the premise goes, um, I like the fact, you know, that they didn't. You know, I don't want to give, I can't give anything away. It's hard for me, but I like the fact that they didn't do some a lot of things that made the other ones so poorly done so I, I like and i can't i'm trying to say that the best i can without giving something away but you know at the end it talks about you know or i don't want to say it's hard for me to get this without giving it away but t-man talked about the tart you know the cops and things like that when if you really think about it you know donnie Wahlberg, I, I and i went back and looked i said okay well the premise of this is what they're doing you know and they they've been doing that from the beginning you know they the whole donnie Wahlberg thing went from saw two all the way up to saw four they were trying, they were after him because he was planting evidence. And that's why all these people were putting in these different games. And that's what they all had in common on Saul too, is he was planting evidence. He, but it mostly was detectives. It was detectives that were doing these corrupt things and, and bad things. So that's not the first time the Saw franchise has, Saw franchise has done that. So I, I get that. And they actually did it in Jigsaw too at the end, having, you know, two different timelines going on. But I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really did. And I, I'll recommend people to go see it. If you like, if you like the Saw, um, if you like the, what the series stands for, um, you know, there's some people out there that I'm sure really love the creativity of the traps. Um, you know, the traps were were good. I mean, they were good. Um, you know, I thought I love the I love the ending. I thought the ending is really kind of what got me. It kind of it's kind of really what got me and said, yeah. And that, that's that's what I really enjoyed. And I really liked it up until the ending, but it really pulled me in. And, you know, it played with my emotions the entire film. So. I'll recommend it to anybody that wants to go, even even if you're not a soft fan, because like T-Man said, it's not really so much as a 
typical saw of putting people in this. It's actually more of a, you know, a CSI detective type type um, spinoff of it. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Well, audience, you heard it right there from the saw expert himself, Mr. Zach Simpson. So I, I, I think for the audience, you know, we all have different tastes on this podcast. But for those of you who like Saul, I think with Zach being so pleased with it, I think that's going to give you hope that you should go out and check it out. You know, T-Man is kind of he's not as much into horror as what Zach and I are. He enjoyed it. And I'll close out with just a couple of quick thoughts for the audience, just for any of the audience members who enjoy my tastes in film. Um, I've, I've not been a big fan of this series. Uh, it's the first one I really enjoy. Saw 2, it's tolerable, but none of the other ones I have really cared about. I've really just went to just hang out with the guys, have fun, make a few jokes, just, just an entertaining night. So when I say Spiral was was okay, that's actually a pretty big compliment coming from me. Um, I, I can say that easily that this is the best Saw film I've seen in over a decade, a decade and probably since that Saw too. So if you're if you're reading any media on the film, uh, you know again it is kind of a social commentary on on policing. What I appreciated about this film is that they didn't try to use a lot of like social justice buzzwords throughout and beat you over the head that you know police are racist they really didn't get into that um and and so because of that the the story it could have been said in 1971 1991 or or 2021 like the the story could really have been set in any time so yeah on the surface it is a little bit about a a well it's a lot about a, a corrupt police precinct and that did lower the score for me a little bit because of so how over the top that the the precinct was. I mean, there there was a couple scenes where and T Man laughed too because it was just a little bit too over the over the top. So that brought it down a little bit. I thought it was uh, a little ludicrous. It didn't seem realistic. Um, but again, I don't you don't go to a Saw film for the realism. You know what I mean? So um, other detractors. The puppet has a different voice in this movie, and I did not like that at all. Like, I wish they could have, you know, just like in Scream, it's like, yeah, of course, the the villain changes, the killer changes, but the ghost face voice remains. And that's how I've always thought about, like, the, the puppets in the Saw films are with Tobin Bell's voice, you know, and I wish they could have done something to make it a little bit. Uh, more like that, but I do understand why they wanted to make a change. T-Man, I think you'll appreciate this. You and I have often talked about, you know, it, it reminded me of what they were doing a little bit like in Rob Zombie films. And what Rob does is he is excellent at writing one type of character, the white trash, foul psychotic it's like every character in every one of his films is like that and that makes it feel unnatural and honestly kind of stupid well in spiral every, they're not that type of character but everybody's just kind of like a foul mouth asshole and i wish they could have had just a couple of extra characters that weren't like that that would have made me enjoy the story a little bit more and then just a couple of, of positives on the film because again i didn't dislike it. i was actually entertained and i didn't really have a bunch to laugh at, which that's a good thing with a, a soft film as well. Uh, it was a fun movie. 
and it looked great. It was really well directed, and the cinematographer did a great job. And the story was very simple. It wasn't convoluted. It wasn't over the top. It was pretty straightforward, and it was told effectively. Um, there were cringe-inducing traps. Like I literally was like cringing and kind of reacting to one of the traps that's in it. It's, it, it was pretty gnarly. Um, so if you go back to my initial thoughts, if you're a Saw fan, I think you're going to enjoy it. I'll come in in the, the five-and-a-half range out of ten Something that I'm probably not ever going to watch again, but uh, again, I think there there's certainly an audience for it. You know, I, I had the puppet down as well. Um, I didn't know if I could say that because I didn't know if that was going to be a spoiler or giving it away, but I, I 100% agree with that. I, I, that's one thing I did not like at all was the puppet's voice, um, but I, I get it. I get why they did it. Um, so, but yeah, I had it down too. T-Man, Zach, anything else y'all want to talk about with Spiral before we head into Mortal Kombat? No, I would just say if you like this series or if you just like thrillers in general, check it out. I think it might be something you enjoy um, because, you know, like Wes said, I thought it was enjoyable from that regard. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think thriller, you know, as a matter of fact, I look at T-Man when we got out of the theater and I said that. I said, I enjoyed that that was a thriller. You know, I, it wasn't, you know, what I had seen in the past. And I was looking for that. I was looking for something different. I was looking for something to really kind of get me on the edge of my seat. And, you know, it did. Um, so if even if, like I said, even if you're not a fan, um, because I look at Gabe and get, Gabe, did you like the first Saw? When you watched the first Saw, did you like the first one? That's a good question. I, I like the first one and I like the second one. I, I tell you what I couldn't get past, Zach, is, you know, we can't get all of our friends to download episodes of our podcast, but this old cancer patient can get five, like 50 people to be protégés of his and commit mass murder what is he what is he doing that we're doing wrong guys it's ludicrous <laughs> it's just ludicrous Gabe. it doesn't even make sense don't hey, there is the things, no explanation one of the things t-man one of the things t-man would always ask me he's like how does how does a guy who's literally has terminal cancer how does he get how is he setting all this up like, like how is he getting all this done and you know the protégés, you know, the apprentices, and, you know, he he really had one, one to start off with. And you see that in Jigsaw. You see, you know, the guy Logan is his first ever apprentice and because of, you know, he forgave him for switching up his x-rays. And then and I don't, you, then you go into, you know, Amanda and Detective Hoffman. You know, Hoffman wasn't even an original apprentice. He actually just, he, he was using the Jigsaw thing to find a way to avenge the death of his sister. So... Jigsaw saw that was like, you know what? No, I'm gonna put you. You're really gonna try to do this. So, so a lot of these apprentices that he had was, you know, Logan and Amanda. When Amanda survived his game, so you know, it's not like he just went and pulled people from here and there. But it, it is, it is kind of hard to fathom being, you know, having. I don't know how much the, the logistics, Zach. The pure logistics are just mind-boggling. Did yeah. was Macaulay Culkin finally in this one? <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> If we if we have time for a whole all saw episode, I'll defend it more. But but I, I, I mean, it is though. And but it, it is there is some things in it you kind of scratch your head with. You're like, how do how do you do that? But a spiral takes a whole different turn. If you like a thriller, go see it. Absolutely. See what y'all have done, Team Man Gabe. We just got a bunch of more plot details, and uh, <laughs> literally just had to shake myself awake. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's, hard talk, it's hard for me to talk about Saw and not talk about the plot. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. No, I know. I know. 
Well, Zach, uh, you're obviously welcome to stick around for for Mortal Kombat, but we 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 really appreciate your first appearance here on Real Talk, and yeah. we certainly will. We'll we'll get to the original Saw film at some point because I think that would be a really fun episode. Yeah, guys, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, and, and from from all the other listeners, these guys are these guys are awesome. I mean, I'm not just saying it because my friends, but they 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 know their stuff, and you know, I enjoy I listen to it all the time. And I learned a lot from him too. So thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it, right. Well, audience, we're going to move into the brand new Mortal Kombat film. And we're going to welcome in Mr. Preston Driver, who was on our Guilty Pleasure series episode of Mortal Kombat. If you haven't heard that episode, it's in our archives. Go check it out. We got a lot of positive feedback on that episode. It was the first, now it was the second Guilty Pleasure series episode that we did. The first one was a. Uh, Spider-Man 3, but audience seemed to really like that episode. Um, it was pretty crazy. We were playing Return to Innocence, telling stories from Best Buy, and then got into a hilarious movie. So, Preston, how's it going tonight? Welcome back. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Thank you all for having me back. I'm excited to talk about the 1997 Mortal Kombat Annihilation, so thank you all. <laughs> you know what? I almost <laughs> wish we could, but... Um, by all all accounts, I think I've seen that movie one time. It is a new level yeah. of horrible. It's one of the I worst. I don't even remember. Yeah, I remember watching it. I don't remember anything about it other than hating it. And that's from like coming from like a 13-year-old kid. So you know it had to be bad. Coming yeah. from the guy that suggested Batman Forever, I think we've made the wrong choice for this episode. Let's that's stop true. what we're doing. Let's go and take Preston's direction. So, Gabe, I thought we agreed never to talk about Batman Forever again on here. <laughs> I thought it was just the Riddler, so the whole movie. No. Preston, anyway, I'm just curious. You know, it was your your first time kind of coming on and, and podcasting? Did you get? Did any of your family listen to it? Anything? Did you get any feedback on on the episode? Yeah, I mean, uh, family listened to it. You know, they text me friends and stuff like that. You know, I posted on Facebook, and you know, everybody had good things to say. So. You know, it's always fun and entertaining to do something different. You know, I even had people knocking on my door, you know, felt like a celebrity, but then I found out they were Mormons. Um, but, you know, for a little time there, I got super excited. You're like, you thought it was the paparazzi? It's like, man, I'm blowing up over here. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. You know, you just get that in your head. I got a big head, I guess. But, no, I mean, it was, it's cool. You know, I appreciate y'all having me back on and, you know, excited to talk about the new Mortal Kombat. the same marking you do Cole. It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it. It's not a birthmark Cole. It means you've been chosen. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions. That dragon marking? I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. Mortal Kombat. Well, anyway, Preston, it's 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 just great to have you back. And uh, again, we're talking Mortal Kombat. I mean, what is it? Uh, Twenty plus years, twenty five years since the original Mortal Kombat came out, and we're still making Mortal Kombat movies. Uh, so, Mortal Kombat is a twenty twenty one American martial arts and fantasy film. It was directed by Simon. McQuoid 
and stars a bunch of people I've never heard of. <laughs> it was given a $55 million budget, which I was a little surprised by that. I mean, they, they certainly invested in this movie. And thus far, it's pulled in $76.7 million at the box office. And I'll venture to guess that the majority of people who've seen it actually watched the movie on HBO Max. And I don't know about you guys, but my first thought when I heard this movie was coming out was, why? <laughs> but apparently they've been trying to develop this thing and get this film made for literally 20 plus years. So I guess persistence pays off. So Preston, why don't you kick us off here? What did you think about the brand new Mortal Kombat? Yeah, so, you know, I've got a soft spot in my heart for the 1995 one. So I kind of went into this one with low expectations, really didn't know how they were going to do the characters or the storyline. You know, is it going to be a spinoff of the previous one? What? So, um, you know, you can go into this one and rest assured you don't have to see Mortal Kombat Annihilation to understand it. Um, you know, they kind of develop a whole new storyline. Um, you know, they introduce a new character, Cole Young. Um, but then at the same time, they bring back, you know, all the characters everybody knows and loves. you got Sub-Zero, Scorpion, Raiden, Shang Tsung, Sonya, uh, Liu Kang. Um, and, you know, overall, like I said, I kind of went into it with low expectations and was pleasantly surprised with it. Um, the action scenes are really good. You know, this it's a hard rated R as far as brutality and gore goes. Um, you know, that's one thing that fans always complain about the original Mortal Kombat is, you know, you really didn't get the fatality scenes. You know, this one, it delivers. There's some really cool fight scenes, really cool brutalities that they show off. Um, you know, the downside, it almost seems like, you know, they wrote the plot to this movie in two separate rooms with two separate writing teams. Um, you know, there's points of the movie, you just kind of go, uh, yeah, I don't really understand what's happening. But if you're trying to watch this movie for a plot, you know, you probably should go watch, you know, Saving Private Ryan or something else. There's, you don't watch this type of movie for that. Um, <laughs> or Hostel you know, 2. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, first thoughts, you know, it's, it's very entertaining. It's, I think it's like 110 minutes long. So, I mean, you know, it, it does drag out at times where you can kind of, you know, get up and make you some popcorn or, you know, go mow the yard and come back and you probably haven't missed a whole lot. Um, but overall, like I said, if, if you want to see action and fights and stuff like that, it's really good on that end. Gabe, T-Man, let's, let's bring you in here as well. I mean, I know both of you have seen it, so anything to add to, to, to Preston's thoughts? Yeah, I'll, I'm going to add to Preston's thoughts, and I'm going to comment on what you said. When you said why was your initial thought, my, 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 my initial thought was why not why has this not happened earlier <laughs> I, you know I, there's there's two sides of me Wes the side of me that really likes cinema and if you listen to our Oscar episodes I listen to some I watch some deep movies too so don't think that but I also have the other side of me just wants to see creature features and 67 Mortal Kombat so you know why this hadn't happened earlier is beyond me it so I rustled around with it you know, I got done with it, and I called Tommy, like I always do, just to make sure my opinion could be validated. And I was like, you know, it was okay. But then I got to thinking about it. I think this movie could become a cult classic. It's missing some elements, and I'll give it to it. It doesn't have 
an awesome techno theme song. I think that's where they really missed out on there. But I love the backstory of Scorpion. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, every kid played Scorpion because you could hit back, back B. It's the easiest one to do. You can bring your guy over there and do the uppercut. And they had plenty of that in there. They had the Scorpion backstory. What's not to love there? So you're learning about the character that everybody played. And then and then re- the only complaint I really had is I didn't like Liu Kang in it at all. And I didn't super love sh- the uh, the new Raiden. But, you know, I can look past that. Great action, great blood scenes. Um, and I'll, I love Sub-Zero in this movie. I think it, he was awesome and the icicles were awesome. So, you know, overall, glad I saw it. I, I liked it. I, if I had to rate it, I'd give it a... Uh, I, I, it could be a new cult classic for kids our age, you know. They, don't, they, they seem to latch on the stuff we like. So I'll give it a 6.5 out of 10. All right. Well, I'm going to have to offer a contrarian view here. Okay. Sorry, guys. So first off, the reason, was you said, why did they make that? I got an easy answer for you. Well, because Hollywood is apparently out of ideas. And so apparently all <laughs> they want to do is make IP films, even if it's something nobody even asked for. I mean, apparently they're making a Cruella DeVille movie now that comes out this weekend or next weekend. Like, who asked for that? <laughs> Like Hollywood, you know, we need a Cruella Deville prequel. Like I'm like, what? <laughs> like, geez, they they need some fresh ideas, bad for like so-called creative types. They're not very creative anymore. Have you noticed that? But off onto Mortal Kombat, though, as we should say. So. Gabe and I did talk about it after watching it, so I went and watched it in the theater down here in Nashville. And when I got out of it, I couldn't decide how I felt about it yet. Gabe and I talked. I said it was okay. There's some things I liked about it and things I didn't. But the more I thought about it, the more I disliked it for a couple of reasons. First, everything Preston and Gabe said is is true. Like, from the, the fighting's good. There's some good fight scenes. Um, they've got the main characters in there. It's good to be back in the world of Mortal Kombat. Like I like the world. I, like we talked about in the in the Guilty Pleasures episode. That's a fun movie to watch. I think the biggest problem with this new one. There's a couple things. First, they they do this thing now that a lot of movies do, where they reboot uh, like a, a franchise or whatever, and they go overly serious. And they don't understand what made the original fun or enjoyable. What made the original Mortal Kombat fun was that it was kind of lighthearted, had a lot of jokes, kind of goofy at times. And this one goes the opposite way to try to do something different. You know, they're always trying to do something different with these reboots and they go too serious. And the problem with that is if you go too serious and you don't have the plot to back that up, it kind of turns into a disaster. And as Preston said, the plot felt like two different, you know, screenwriting teams wrote the plot. You couldn't even really follow what was going on. Then they went overly serious and it kind of just becomes convoluted and honestly kind of boring. That's honestly how I felt by the end. I was kind of bored because there was no stakes and you didn't really understand what was going on. So that was my, my first big issue with it. My other big issue was that there was no actual competition. There was no Mortal Kombat. Like, I don't know what in the world they were thinking. It was one of the weirdest, like, decisions I've seen in a movie in a while. 
the whole th- point about Mortal Kombat is like, you know, the the competition. They talk about it, and I don't want to go too much into it, but this has been I've read this in other reviews, so it's not going too spoilerish. But they don't even have the competition that we all expect. And so I thought that was a really strange decision, and I didn't really like that either. So overall, I mean, it's fine if you just want some action put on the TV set, but if you're wanting something more, I guess, like I just wanted more, and maybe that's my own fault for going Were into a Mortal really Kombat. Were you really wanting more from Mortal more, Kombat? But that's yeah, I wanted to be entertained, I guess, and I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's generally the want when you sit down. To yeah, that's the want. When I say I wanted something more, I didn't mean like the Oscar-winning classic. Like I said, by the end of it, I was kind of bored, and I think that's where I wanted something more in the sense of uh, you know enjoying it. So let me let me bring Preston back in here real quick, and and Preston, so like myself, I have not seen this. I'm on the fence of whether I'm going to watch it or not, and I from the trailer, okay. What someone who hasn't seen it, this was my thought, is this looks a little bit serious, like like they're really, you know, going for it here. And what made Mortal Kombat to a 38 year old male still appealing is because of the camp and the fun and the ridiculousness of the 1995 movie, which you love so much. So what would you say to someone that's in, in my shoes? Yeah, so I think, I mean, Buddy and T-Man both hit that on the head exactly my same thoughts. You know, from what Buddy said, it's lacking EDM, which, you know, I know it sounds cheesy and corny, EDM music in 2021, but that's also what Mortal Kombat was known for. You know, they pioneered it. Um, and, you know, at the same time, it it had its moments where it tried to take a serious tone. And, you know, it. I can understand parts of why they did it but at the same time I feel like when you watch it there's one of the plot lines almost is kind of unbearable it's like just get rid of that thing we don't even need that plot line go with the other plot um you know there's when you watch it Kano is by and far the best in this entire movie you know in the 1995 if you like the camp the cheesiness the jokes and yeah stuff, and he gives you that he he's amazing and little known facts um he actually broke his back while filming this and um you can see it at the end of the movie when you realize that he carried the whole damn movie himself <laughs> that is true but i was oh already God. laughing and i was on mute you got to give him a laugh track there because that was pretty funny yes round of applause but yeah kano kano kind of brings you back to you know, if you saw Mortal Kombat in 1995, when I saw it, I was six years old. And, you know, now I'm going to be 32 years old. And, you know, getting the humor that I have now and someone displaying that humor on the big screen, it's he, he by and far, he shines in this movie. And I think the movie could have done a lot more with that. I mean, you'll see watching it, too, when the original Mortal Kombat, you know, Raiden's kind of the cheesy, campy character and Shang Tsung's the arrogant asshole. And it's almost like their characters, this isn't going to be too spoilery because I think people have said in interviews too, their characters are kind of flipped in this new one and you kind of get lost in translation. Um, but, you know, if, if you're looking for the cheesy campiness of 95, it's not going to be in this one. But if you want to see some awesome fight scenes that are visually appealing um, with the choreography, the colors, you know, a lot of movies now are going really dark 
and you kind of can't really, it's, it's either they're too dark or too loud. You either can't hear, you can't see. This one, you know, the fight scenes, you know, the major fight scene at the end, they do it in a lit room so you can see everything going on. You've got everybody in their colors. Um, it's a visually pretty movie in that respect. The CGI is good. There's some parts where CGI lacks a little bit, and I don't want to mention it because it could be a little spoilery for some people that haven't seen it. But, um, you know, overall, I mean, my opinion, I would probably give it a seven just for entertainment purposes. Um, if we were going on like Roger Ebert's part, I mean, it would probably get like five just because the plot lacking. This is a question I have for all three of you. It sounds to me like, if should the movie do you think the movie would have worked better if it was a little bit more self-aware about of what it was yes and and t-man named all this lacking stuff and he didn't name that it was the big thing and nobody's named it yet the big thing it's lacking is johnny cage and that's kind of go ahead do you think that's spoilery he's not in it from the get-go no but it's left open-ended they left it open at the end yeah, but he's not in this movie, so don't. No, there's no, no there's no. Oh, yeah, like if yeah, you've if you looked look. up anything about this movie, you're walking in knowing there's no Johnny Cage. Yeah, and, I think that's where Kano filled in that for the comic relief in this one. And yeah. Hopefully, if they make another, Johnny Cage is expected to be in it. He would yeah, pick up the panel. Those are some big shoes to live in. I hope they cast Preston for Johnny Cage for the next one. I feel like he could do some <laughs> well, work. I, I could see Plus, that. They also just came up. Wilson back. <laughs> they also just came up with this new character as like the lead who I don't even think is part of the Mortal Kombat lore, which He's I thought not. was a very strange choice. And then they gave him like these, the weirdest power with like this <laughs> body that suit. Is, it was some weird stuff they came up with for him. That is true. Like those things all grind your gears, but I guess what Preston was trying to say to encourage you to watch it, Wes was it's still good because it's awesome to watch. And that's all you need to know. <laughs> No, none of that is true, though. Yeah, I mean, to T-Man's point, yeah, they, they did just, like, <laughs> smash this Cole Young character into the audience's face. And, you know, when you watch it, you'll see his backstory and all this stuff, and they try and make it, oh, you're going to love this guy, you know. And they could have – there's so many other characters they could have just used in his place that's already in Mortal Kombat. I think that's why yeah. his power is kind of dumb. So wait, but it's not in Mortal Kombat? Like, no, like, that's where I got confused. And that's honestly, me too. I was like, where what game I'm is not it? a Mortal Kombat expert, but I got confused because I didn't understand who he was. No, watching the old movies, I've played the games, but I me never too. understood I trying- who his character was supposed to be, and so I was really confused about that aspect of it. And then when he came up with those special you know, powers and stuff, I thought that was a very strange choice also. So... Yeah, I thought that threw me off. I understood why they did it. They said they did it because they wanted to have a kind of an audience introduction, like have your way into the world. But I just don't know if it worked. If somebody would have asked me about it, I would have like made up like a like a seven year old does. Like I knew who he was. Yeah, I remember him from the game. I guess I just never played as him. I guess that's what I'd already made up in my head, I would say. But like. I had no idea who he was, so I'm glad this came out on the podcast, so I don't have to lie to people. <laughs> so you just, when you're watching a movie and you don't know a character, you just pretend like you know him? Well, I mean, if if somebody was going to confront me about like moral, my Mortal Kombat knowledge, and I clearly had none, I was I had a story made up. Already. So you were just going to pretend like you knew who that guy was? Yeah, I just I was going to say, but I never played as him, so I don't know much about him, you know. 
See, this is what Gabe spends his free time thinking about. He, he's coming up with, uh, with this type of stuff. Just free lies. Free situation lies in case, right. in case that instead of Instead of maybe just looking up the character on Wikipedia and being like, <laughs> do I know this character or not? You come up with this elaborate lie about it. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, just in case I was in that situation culturally. I wanted right. to act like I knew what I was talking about. That's true. That's fair. I understand that. Gabe, Gabe's one of those guys that, what is that movie that everybody believes they saw? What was that, like Sinbad or something that never existed? <laughs> Gabe's one of those guys who swears he's seen that movie and he can tell you the entire plot even though the movie's never existed. Oh, I got you. I, got to, I thought you were going to say something like he was one of those guys that says they've seen Citizen Kane because nobody's seen that movie. No. <laughs> Nobody yes, I've seen it. that greatest movie of all time. Yeah. I have, nah. I have seen it. I have seen it. If you have Netflix's standards for watching a movie, and that was even a lie. I, I haven't even seen that much, so that was a lie. But that's what I'm prepared to say in culture. So you guys see what my lie there is too. So you well, double. I, I actually have seen it from well, that's the beginning. A lie, Wes. We know that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, well yeah. I guess to kind of circle back for you, Wes, though. I can tell you that the Kano character is well worth watching the movie. Just his yeah. jokes are hilarious. And I even read to the director because he's actually Australian. So he's a true Aussie. And the director told him you can go and ad lib, but ad lib like an Aussie would in situations. So a lot of his jokes and stuff that just come off, they're just off the cuff. And the dude, like his comedic timing in the movie is hilarious. Yeah, he is really good. And honestly, I think if you have low, if you don't have high expectations for it and you just put it on as like a, you know, a movie you stream for free or whatever, then I think it it works. But if you kind of have higher expectations for it, thinking this is going to be like this is going to reboot the whole franchise and this is going to be a, you know, I don't know if that's that's what they did. I think that's what they tried to do. I don't know if it just worked though. Well, I think that's everyone's thoughts on the 2021 Mortal Kombat. Preston, again, we're glad to have you back. I know it was only for 25 minutes here for kind of a mini quick review of, uh, or a spoiler-free review, I should say, of the new movie. But we'll we'll definitely have you back. You keep mentioning to us, you know, it's like these things that you talk about to us, they kind of seem to, to show up. We got the first Mortal Kombat we've done. You've been on social media, pumping us up about the new Mortal Kombat. You talked about Batman Forever. And the fourth thing that you've been hammering home is Tremors. So I think we might have to do some Tremors here in in the future, and we would definitely love to have you on for that. That would be awesome. That franchise, gosh, I'm going to have to set aside like three weeks to catch up on it. <laughs> I know, they're still making, they're like on Tremors 8 or 9. That is true, Preston. First off, yeah, thanks for coming on again, Bug. Always great to have you. Great talk to you. Um, I love that you've been talking up Tremors. We're all big fans of it. But I got to ask you, so you're saying you need to do like a deep dive into the whole franchise? I think there's a whole lore there that we haven't explored yet. <laughs> and, you know, we, we could probably go pretty deep. I think there's a lot of underlying metaphors that haven't been explored by anybody. All right, all right. Y'all can break ground on it. He's going to get excited. underground and observe Tremor Worm culture. He's going to learn, you know, really, you know, a lot about the movie. And Nobody's and, even talked true. about their underground layers. No. It's true. Gabe, see, Preston's showing us up. Yeah. That, that's. I mean, I'm glad he's going to take the time to do that. And me, me and Tommy have been talking about doing a Tremors episode for a slick minute. We both love that movie. So, 
I'd be really excited, Preston. Yeah, we got to do that soon. I think y'all need a lot more experience to really take on a franchise that's that reputable first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot to stomach. We're, we that's why we we've been done building it. up to it. You know, we've got we've done the Mortal Kombat's, we did the Batman Forever. Now it's time to go to the big boys and, and face the farmers. <laughs> I want to do the one with uh, that stars Jamie Kennedy. Can we do that one? Oh yeah, we'll just we'll do a we'll do a four hour episode on the Tremors franchise. That deal. Um, I hope they get the Netflix rating for your podcast because people's only going to watch like a minute and a half of that one. Oh, right. I'm for sure. I'm so excited. All right. Well, we will again, Preston. Thanks. We'll have you back again soon. And audience, we're going to get into our final review of the night. And as T-Man keeps saying, why the hell are we talking about this movie? So we'll flip it over to Mr. Movie Buddy Conway here and let him tell us why the heck we're talking about Alex Ajaw's new film, Oxygen. Guys, I've made some of the best end of episode reviewing the new recommendations you'll ever hear. I recommended Klaus. Today we talked about two movies that probably 90% of America has seen. So I figured, why not talk about one that 2% of America has seen that's on Netflix that everybody can watch for free? And every and don't forget, guys, everybody needs oxygen. So that's why we're here. So look, let me. I'm going to turn it over to Wes at the very beginning. A friend of mine, Wes Jones, made me watch this horror movie that absolutely was horrifying to me. I'd never seen anything like it. And, and if I'm being honest, it was one of the most horrifying movies I'd ever seen because of how how graphic it was. And this was years ago. And this movie was, as Wes claims, and I'm going to ask him about him, how do you feel about the Hills Have Eyes reboot that Alexandra Aja did, Wes? I will say, so, I mean, I'm a big horror fan. Everybody knows that. I've seen, and of course, over the last 20 plus years, they have just went insane with remakes. And so I would say post- We'll say 1995, maybe 1990. I could even go to 1990. I feel that the Hills Have Eyes remake is the best horror remake, period. There you go. There you have it, audience. So this is the same director that directed this movie that Wes said had the best remake that he's seen since 1990 or 95. I forgot what he said there, but follow me. Wes gives up on this guy. He just makes seven or eight bad movies in a row. And Wes just <laughs> gives up on this guy. But me, I come out of the woodwork. I'm like, this guy did that movie. And then he makes the epic movie that I've been talking on multiple podcasts about, Land of the Creeps, every podcast I can get on, Crawl. It's a movie about alligators. It's in a basement. It's like a slasher movie because you don't know where the alligators are. It's crazy. And so... He's taking it to a level that I love. It's, it, you know, it's creature features. It's sci-fi now in this upcoming movie, Oxygen. And so when I saw the preview, I knew, I, I'm like, Alexander has, has switched gears and he's making the only good stuff now. And so this movie, if you want to see a souped up movie like Phone Booth, where you're in the same place for an entire amount of time of the movie, but you want to be horrified, this is your movie. It's frightening. It's got sci-fi elements. I am excited about Alexander Aja. I didn't give up on him like Wes. And this movie, the reason we're talking about it is because I can't wait to see what he does next. I absolutely love this movie. Did anybody else check it out? 
Gabe, I I watched about as much as I could of it, and I just could not get into the movie, honestly. And I, I hate to say that. And real quick, before we go any further uh, into the, uh, Gabe's review of Oxygen, uh, T-Man and I, uh, we, uh, we've talked about this on our Halloween episode, mm-hmm. and we may have even alluded to it another time. But T-Man and I went to go see John Carpenter do a lecture at Western Kentucky University. And this was, it was a small group of people. There was probably 30 of us or so in the room that were listening to John talk. And someone actually brought up, you know, who do, who do you think are some of the best young horror directors? And at this particular time that we went, Alex Aja had made High Tension and he had made the Hills Have Eyes, which were both very well received. I actually really like High Tension up until the very end, which is just a such a stupid ending. But the rest of the movie is actually really, really well done. And T-Man, you can correct me if I'm saying anything wrong, but he was asked about um, Alex Aja and John Carpenter said, well, you know, I think there are some, some talented young filmmakers, but, you know, like Alex Aja, he's just a shooter. He's not a director. He's just a shooter. And I was like, that is such like a smack of the face compliment <laughs> that I could ever think of. It's it, that he is he's not a director. He's just a, a, a shooter. And yeah. uh, well, as Gabe said, uh, the stuff he shot over the next decade plus, none of it was very good, in my opinion. Yeah. John Carpenter turned out right. Always listen to Johnny. <laughs> anyway back to you Gabe I just wanted to tell that story yeah y'all have been you know you're like I was excited you know it was exciting for me because I loved Crawl so much I couldn't wait to see what Aja was going to do next and I said it's oxygen day and neither one of you guys acted excited I'm the only one y'all both have Netflix and neither one of you checked it out so hopefully like with Claws audience members go out there and listen to a real reviewers it, it, you got to be ready the, the, the it's let me tell you what the movie's about. A lady's trapped in like a, a cryogenic pod and she wakes up horrifying, right? She doesn't know if she can get out or what's going to happen next. She, um, she, the whole movie is about her trying to get out. So really there's just one actress in it, but she delivers an amazing performance. The technical stuff is awesome. I'm actually not joking, even though I sound like I'm joking in my voice. I really did like the movie quite a bit, and it takes a really unique sci-fi turn. And and as much as I was joking about a Jaws middle of the career, which, sorry, even if, Alex, if you're listening, I'm sorry it wasn't that good. But I really do like the stuff you're doing now. I know you listen to this podcast, so I'm glad I can tell you that on here. I've loved Crawl, and I love this movie. So, um, Wes, if you, you asked me to come on here and give my Oxygen review... I'm, I know two people are listening to this. If I can get those two people to watch um, Oxygen, that you know, I've done my job. So, okay, guys, okay, I, let me let me. I gotta <laughs> ask you some questions here, man. Go, this, go ahead. This is pissing me off. First off, we come on here to do a reviewing the new. You know, we want to give our audience the biggest, the boldest, the most exciting, the most accessible, the big crowd pleasers. That was this episode was about. So we did yeah. Spiral. 
mm-hmm. you know, the new reboot starring the great Chris Rock and Sam Jackson in theaters nationwide, number one at the box yeah. office. We did Mortal Kombat, also number one at the box office, a reboot of the insanely popular Mortal Kombat series. And then you come third with Oxygen, a movie truly nobody has ever heard of. <laughs> I would yeah. never heard of it until you said it was oxygen today. And I literally said, well, I thought every day's oxygen day. We're trying to breathe, right, man? <laughs> and you said, no, it's Alexandra Jaw's new masterpiece. First of all, the guy hasn't made a good movie in 15 years. Like, The Hills Have Eyes was good. But uh-huh. has he ever done anything else good? Ever? Crawl. Crawl. Crawl is decent. It's not bad. Okay, it's a good creature feature. But that's two out of, like, ten movies. And then the plot just sounds really bad. Like I, I'm not one of these. I don't like movies. It's just like one little location. So it sounds like buried the Ronald Reynolds movie, right? Is that what you're telling me it is? Yeah, but it's, it's hard to watch because yeah, what's more, I agree. Hor- what's more horrifying than being <laughs> trapped in a box? <laughs> I'll tell you what's more horrifying. Gabe, probably watching that movie. I'll tell you what's more horrifying: listening to Zach's explanation of the backstory of Saul. I don't want with my horror movies. I don't want a crazy backstory. I want a girl trapped in a box. How is she gonna fix it? All right, I gotta agree with you there. I don't know what Zach was talking about with that backstory. I don't. Even, I think he was making stuff up by the end of that. But when it can, comes to this oxygen movie. All right, Gabe, I can't be too harsh because I haven't seen it, and it is unfair to talk bad about a movie if you haven't seen it. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so I'll at least watch the trailer, and then I'll decide if I want to watch it. So, But Wes said he wasn't digging it. You did say you're digging it, so we're one for two, and then I'll, I'll, I'll see what, what Okay, I'm going to intrigue the audience. It is a girl. It is a girl's trapped in a, in a pod. And, I've, and two people told me they've tried to start this movie and couldn't get through it. I think it's – crazy I, I i mean it got a 90 percent on rotten tomatoes and and the audience score 75 percent, just like crawl so if you like crawl it takes a unique twist halfway through i'm not going to say anything but it makes the movie like so good and it takes it into that sci-fi realm and i love my two favorite type of horror movies are creature buddy creature features and buddy sci-fi films and and aja is I really do believe he's turning the corner and uh, don't listen to Tommy, you know, he, he, you know, he doesn't give you real recommendations. What are you talking about? You're disparaging my recommendations on here. This better not be one of these other Klaus debacles. That's all I got to say. <laughs> if you remember correctly, the, the next guest we had on came and talked some clout about Klaus. Oh yeah. She was not. Oh yeah. That is true. She came on and, and diss me for that. Um, all right, Gabe. Well, I'm saying I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. I do think it's fair that everybody, if if it sounds reasonable, it is on Netflix, so you just fire it up and maybe I, I think I think some people may enjoy it. So, or, Gabe, or, what would your what would your rating be out of ten? What are you gonna What would you give Oxygen? I'll give it a seven out of ten if I'm being real. But I have a lot of fun watching these new horror movies that Jaws doing. At least he's turned the corner, guys. Can you guys give me that? Well, Crawl was fun. Crawl was yeah, enjoyable. I like I, I like Crawl a lot actually. It was it, it was a really it's exactly what I wanted to see with an alligator film. Okay, this except for that one guy that had like thirty bad things happen to him. That was it was again the dad. It was getting a little old by the end. It's like man, yeah, that guy dude. had terrible luck. But hey, uh, Barry Pepper, what? you can't keep Barry Pepper down. But but <laughs> will you guys at least combine to watch at least a fourth of the movie for me? Like, could you guys do that for me? 
Well, I've I've I have seen about half of it. I really have. Let's so say he's already done that. <laughs> I, I gave it as long as I as I could, and it wasn't. It was not a bad movie. It's not like it was bad. It just wasn't piquing my interest. I'm not like T Man. I'm not one of those guys that really likes those movies that take place all in one spot. I mean, I I saw Phone Booth. I've seen Buried. There's some other ones, and you just have to be in in a mood. I mean, yeah. just being real, you got to kind of be in a mood for that. I just wasn't in the mood. I mean, we're, Gabe's already said so on on social media. We're working on a Star Wars episode. I've been watching Star Wars stuff. It's kind of hard to go from like the entertainment of Star Wars to like watching a girl lay in a box. So uh, <laughs> that's probably why I wasn't digging it so much. But Gabe gives it seven out of ten. He says watch Oxygen on Netflix. And he says, Alex Ajaw is back better than ever. Go go on our Facebook. Go on Twitter. Tell tell Wes and T-Man how we're wrong and Gabe's right. Do that. And and, and really, got, Wes, I'm proud of you. You take my recommendations sometimes. And you tried. You gave it a shot. I didn't even give it a shot with Saul. And Tommy doesn't listen to any of my stuff anymore. So thank you, Wes. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> hey, you recommended. Um, yeah, Sound uh, of Metal. Sound of Metal. And that was. Uh, we didn't do a, a, a best of uh, 2020 uh, episode. We said you guys saved it for the Oscars, but that was my favorite movie of, of 2020. Like Sound of Metal was amazing. So, yeah, I went into Oxygen. Plus, I, I mean, I like The Hills Have Eyes. I like High Tension. I like Crawl. So it's it's from a director that I like movies from. So I was like, well, I'm going to give it a shot. Not saying I'm not going to finish it. Just saying I haven't been able to yet. <laughs> And to, and to Gabe's point, I didn't give, uh, I didn't watch Sound of Metal, so you know he may have a point there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we learned what Wes's uh, favorite movie of last year was. So Tommy, speaking of recommendations, what's your favorite pig-headed horror movie that Jay's asked you to watch? I'm not watching no pig-headed horror. <laughs> I don't like the genre. That was actually, I thought of, that was a bad decision they made in Spiral. I don't want to talk too much about it, but. I'm not a fan. Jay, if you're listening, man, love you, man. But you know I'm no pig-headed horror guy. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all for this review in the new episode. And audience, we hope you enjoyed it. A couple of things we're going to ask you to do to support our efforts there, which are free. They're free to do. All you got to do to help us grow the show is subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or follow. It's subscribe or follow. You know the button on your favorite podcast platform hit it if you get an opportunity leave us a rating or review on that platform as well we want to hear from you again we love interacting with preston preston's giving us some good ideas we turn them into episodes that could be you follow us on twitter at real underscore cast that's r-e-e-l we're on facebook real talk a movie podcast page instagram official real talk podcast ran by a friend of the show ren burnett if you want to shoot us an email for some strange reason real talk moviecast at gmail.com and finally we want to thank artist matt holland for designing our podcast logo and for us that's a wrap